Love this podcast? Support this show through the Acast supporter feature. It's up to you how much you give, and there's no regular commitment. Just click the link in the show description to support now. Welcome to Fresh Encounter, the radio ministry of Lifelong Anointing Church. Our mission as a church is to equip the body of Christ to increase in wisdom and in stature and in favor with God and with men. We're glad that you joined us for this edition of the broadcast. It is our prayer that this broadcast will be a blessing to you. Here now is Pastor Otuno with today's message. In the book of Matthew chapter 26, Matthew chapter 26, the Bible, the Bible was telling us a story about when Jesus Christ was talking to his disciples about their impending denial. Jesus was trying to tell them that things are going to happen that is going to make them deny him in a very, very short period of time. Let's pick up the story from verse number 31 of Matthew 26. Matthew 26, reading from verse number 31, the Bible says, Then Jesus said to them, All of you will be made to stumble because of me this night. For it is written, I will strike the shepherd, and the sheep of the flock will be scattered. But after I have been raised, I will go before you to Galilee. Peter answered and said unto him, Even if all were made to stumble because of you, I will never be made to stumble. Can you really show up yourself there? <laughs> but dear Jesus said to him, Assuredly I say unto you this night, before the rooster crows, you, Peter, will deny me three times. Peter said, Even if I have to die with you, I will not deny you. And so said all the disciples. Now, many of us are familiar with the story. We are familiar with what what Peter eventually did, how Peter eventually denied and even swore (laughs) that he did not know the Lord Jesus Christ. Jesus told Peter and other disciples that they were going to deny him, and they all made that particular, they all made an affirmative declaration that they will not deny Jesus. And I think that they made that declaration, number one, because they loved Christ. Genuinely, they were in love with Christ. They had walked with him for three years. They made that declaration because they were devoted to him. They were telling the, they were telling the Lord Jesus Christ, we are devoted to you and we are ready to do what it takes to be able to walk with you. They all made that declaration because they were sincerely faithful to what the Lord Jesus Christ Almighty was teaching. They all made that declaration because they truly cared about the Lord Jesus Christ and they had no intention of betraying him. They all made that particular declaration because they knew and they were willing to go the extra mile. They were willing to do whatever is necessary to remain with the Lord Jesus Christ. But but if you go back, you know, if you go back to verse number 31, Jesus tell them in that particular chapter, Jesus said, all of you will be made to stumble because of me this night. In other words, all of you are going to disappoint me. All of you are going to betray me this particular night. Jesus was trying to tell them that something was going to happen in their life. Something was going to happen amongst them that will cause them to be able to deny. The question is, why was Jesus Christ telling them about what was about to happen? Why was he telling them that they were going to be, they were getting ready to deny him? I'm sure the Bible did not give us the details of what was going on, but Jesus told his, told his disciples about the impending denial because he knew that from that point on, from that very night going forward, following the Lord Jesus Christ was going to be very, very difficult for anybody who identified with him. He knew that. That something was about to happen in his ministry. Something was about to change in his relationship with his people that will make it very difficult for anybody who will follow him to be, you know, for, for anybody who will follow him, it make it very difficult for people to follow him. Number two, Jesus Christ told them about their denial because he knew that it was going to be increasingly dangerous to be identified with Christ. 
And they knew it. Because at the point in time, they've been doing ministry publicly. They've been going to the temple publicly. They will be serving the Almighty God very easily and publicly. But the, but the Lord is saying that the situation is about to change. Whereby, if you identify with me, it is going to be increasingly difficult for you to live your life. Number three, Jesus Christ told them that told them of their impending denial because he knew that it was going to be destructive to their life. The life that they are used to, what they are used to enjoying, he's saying that there's going to be a disruption as things goes on, you know, in the, as we enter into this new phase of our journey. And number four, the Lord Jesus Christ told them about the impending denial because he knew the possible devastation that will be suffered in the hands of the Jewish authority. He knew that the Jewish authority were going to punish those who are associated with the Lord Jesus Christ. And finally, Jesus Christ told them about the denial because he knew of the impending destruction that is going to be meted upon those people who follow the Lord Jesus Christ. Many of them had to die. Many of them had to go into prison. Many of them had to suffer a lot of things because of the fact that they associated with the Lord Jesus Christ. And Jesus Christ was telling the disciples of their impending denial because he knew that things were going to be difficult walking with him going forward. Jesus was trying to let them understand that there's a new reality that is coming. That there's a new lifestyle that is coming. And they have to know what they are signing up for. And that was what we said this morning during our time of Bible study. We're saying that you have to make up your mind to follow the Lord because this thing is not easy. And Jesus was trying to tell his disciples, you that will follow me, you that will walk with me, it is not easy. It's going to be difficult. And I want you to understand. He wanted them to understand that they were now entering into a new era. They were now entering into a new situation that is that following the Lord is not just going to be a, park, a walk in the park anymore. And please understand that when he told them of their impending, impending denial, many of them did not even understand what he was saying. Many of them had no clue what it meant when he said, you are going to deny me. Very few of them could not believe that man. They have walked with you for three years. Why would I deny you? Many of them could not believe it. Many of them didn't know what was saying. And as a result, they began to make promises to the Lord. They began to say, yes, I will never deny you. Ah, everybody may go away. I will not go away. Because they really did not understand. But the reality of it is that it is one thing for you to want to do something. It's another thing for you to do what you're actually doing. How many of us have promised ourselves that we're going to do X, Y, and Z, and then find out that by the time we get there, we're not able to do it anymore? Is it because we're bad people? No. It's because the reality on the ground sometimes makes it very difficult to do what you want to do. And that's why Jesus Christ told them, if you go to verse 41 of that same chapter, verse 41 of that same chapter, Jesus Christ now told them, this thing is coming. You guys need to be prepared. He said, watch and pray, lest ye enter into temptation. He said, the spirit indeed is willing, but the flesh is weak. In other words, you have good intentions. In other words, you want to do what is good. Many of us want to serve the Lord. Many of us want to pray. Many of us want to read the scripture. Many of us want to do the things that we are supposed to be doing as believers. But the Lord is saying that unless you are willing to watch and pray, unless you are willing to apply yourself, He said your spirit may be willing, but your flesh may not be able to do it. And Jesus was letting them know that. Jesus was telling his disciples that it is one thing for you to declare your intention. It's another thing for you to have the stamina and the inner strength to carry out what you are planning to do. Okay? It is one thing for you to say, I will follow God. It's another thing for you to actually follow the Almighty God. The interesting thing is that what Jesus was telling his disciples at that time is the same thing he's telling you today. Watch and pray. You have the intention, but sometimes intention alone is not enough. You have the desire. But sometimes the desire alone is not enough. You need more. You need an inner strength. You need an inner power to be able to fulfill this thing. Jesus is saying, as we walk with him, many of us are going to stumble. 
Many of us are going to deny him. Many of us are going to do the things that Peter did. We are going to boast that yes, we can stand for God, but things will not go the way, you know, may not go the way we want it to go. So the issue here is not whether you are going to deny him. One point, at one point or the other in your Christian walk, you are going to deny Christ. It's a fact. Even the most respected church leaders, at one point in time, they stumbled in their faith. So that is not the issue. The question this morning is, uh, during the course of your work with God, as you continue to work with the Almighty God when you are alive, uh, how are you going to keep yourself from constantly denying Christ? That's the question. It's not a question of whether you are going to stumble or fall. You are going to do it. You are a human being. The question is, how do you keep yourself from stumbling all the time? It's not that you are not going to fall. You are going to fall. The question is, how do you keep yourself from falling every time? It's not that you are not going to be you know, ashamed every now and then. Because there are times when you are at work and, and people are talking about Christianity and you don't say anything. That is a form of denial on its own. And then, but, but the Lord is saying that it is not whether you are not going to do that because you, sometimes you are weak, sometimes you, are, you have to put so many things in, in, in perspective. But the question is, how do you keep from not doing it all the time? How do you keep from not denying Jesus Christ all the time? We'll find that fall, we all fall and stumble, like I said. We all keep, you know, we, all, we, 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 and, and we, and how do we keep, you know, pray, break ourselves back on our feet? How do you remain faithful to Christ in the midst of very, very intense, you know, persecution? How do you remain faithful to the Almighty God in the midst of intense opposition? When things are not going the way you expect it to go, how do you keep yourself in the faith? That is the question. Because Jesus knew that things are going to happen. He knew that things will not go your way. But how do you keep going on? Let's look at the book of Luke chapter 9. Luke chapter 9, reading from verse number 23, the Bible tells us, Then he said to them all, If anyone desires to come after me, if anybody wants to walk with me, he said, let that person deny himself. Take up his cross daily and follow me. Look at the word there. He said, take up his cross daily, which means there has to be consistency. When you are following the Almighty God. In other words, the way you keep yourself from denying Christ all the time, the way you keep yourself from falling, is number one, to consciously and willingly surrender your will so that you to the Lord on a daily basis. You surrender yourself to the Almighty God on a daily basis. You give yourself to Him on a daily basis. You consciously release yourself to the Almighty God on a daily basis. Number two, how do you keep yourself so that you do not go, you know, from denying the Almighty God? How do you keep yourself from constantly, you know, from constantly falling in the presence of the Almighty God? Number two is to deliberately let go of things that anything that entangles you, anything that will prevent you from going, from traveling, anything that will not allow you to walk with the Almighty God. Anything that will strain your relationship, you deliberately, you, you, you deliberately, you know, consciously let go of those entanglements. Here is somebody who wants to particular, who wants to run a particular race. Many of us know the this African clothes that we wear. They call it Agbada. You know, I don't know if you know if you know all those big big uh, clothes that uh, that uh, that we wear. And you are about to run. Are you sure you are going to run if you are wearing that kind of agbada? You are wearing all those boo You can't do that. If you are serious about running, you take that agbada, you take it off. Because that's the only way you can run. Okay? If you don't take it off, you find that you are not going to be able to make any progress. It's just like somebody who wants to run and is wearing the shoe that I'm wearing right now. You will not go very far. It's an entanglement. The Lord Jesus Christ is saying that if you want to walk with me, so that you don't have, you limit the stress that you have, so that you don't have other kind of trouble, he said, make sure you let go of anything that is going to hold you down. 
A student who wants to pass his examination, you don't continue to go to parties and come back home at 2 a.m. A will never, A will be very far from you. When they will letter A on your, on your grade sees you like this, it will run away because you are not ready for it. So you take away every entanglement. Number three, the Lord Jesus is saying, if you are going to keep from denying Christ, you will actively and closely follow him. How do you get to me? How do you get to walk with your mighty God? You remain constantly at his heel. You walk with him constantly. You walk with him steadily. You walk with him continuously. That is what you do. The Bible says that Peter got into trouble because Peter was walking from afar. You cannot walk with the Almighty God and not deny him when you are walking from afar. But when you are closely related to him, when you are walking with him step by step, it is very easy for you to be able to remain steadfast because you are very close to him. It's the same thing. You will notice that the person you don't talk to or every day or you don't talk to every week or you don't talk to every month, it's very easy to forget them. It's very easy to forget what is important to them. But when you see that person every day, you talk to that person every day, you will find out that you will. it is very difficult for you to forget the things that they are asking you to do. So the same thing, the Lord is saying that if you don't want to deny me, make sure you walk closely with me. Make sure you're actively following me. Make sure you keep your distance. You keep your relationship with me very, very tight. Now, some of you, you know, some may, some may be thinking and say, yeah, I hear all that. I understand oh, no, all that you're saying seems good and seems not. But what does it mean to let go? What does it mean to surrender? What does it mean to follow very closely? What does it mean, you know, to, what, 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 are they, what does it mean to let go of the things that are preventing me from walking from the Almighty God? Now, to better understand this, I will give you a story from the scripture that will explain what we are trying to say. Matthew chapter 19. The verse of the scripture we read for our Bible reading this morning. Matthew chapter 19. Reading from verse number 16, the Bible tells us. It says, Now behold, one came and said to him, Good teacher, what good thing shall I do that I may have eternal life? In other words, this guy is interested in knowing about the things of God. What things shall I do that I may have eternal life? So he said to him, Why do you call me good? No one is good but one. That is God. But if you want to enter into life, keep the commandments. Then he said to him, Which ones? In other words, this guy is a religious guy. He said, which one do you want me to keep? Jesus said, you shall not murder. You shall not commit adultery. You shall not steal. You shall not bear false witness. Honor your father and your mother. And you shall, and you shall love your neighbors as yourself. The young man said, hey, I got this. You know, the young man said unto him, all these things I have kept from my youth. What do I still lack? Verse number 21, Jesus said unto him, if you want to be perfect, go, sell what you have and give to the poor and you will have treasures in heaven and come and follow me. But when the young man heard this saying, he went away sorrowful for he had great possession. Now, from the verse of the scripture, the Bible makes us to understand that there was a rich guy, you know, a rich guy that came to Lord Jesus Christ asking for the way of salvation. The Bible says that he wanted, you know, he told Jesus what does he need to do. And basically Jesus told him all that he needed to do in order to be able to get there. And you know, and the guy replied and said, yes, I got this covered. Let's show the picture of that guy. Yeah, I got you covered. I mean, I have the whole thing taken care of. I don't have any problem with keeping the law. I, don't, I respect my mother. I respect my father. I don't bear false witness. I don't steal. I don't kill. I don't commit adultery. I mean, I got this covered. And Jesus Christ said, oh yeah, you got it covered? Okay, now here's one thing. If you really want to lock down this business of going to heaven, if you really want to be sure that you are going to get to heaven, Jesus said there's one more thing that you can do. You go and sell all your property. Give it to the poor. And then come and follow me. And the Bible says that the man turned back and he was very sorrowful. 
Now, many have missed, have interpreted this Bible, this passage of scripture to mean that only poor people can follow Jesus Christ. That's not true. That's what some people interpret it to be. That in order for you to be a good Christian, you have to be poor. And that's why you see some people, when you see, when you see some Christians, you know, we used to wear, we used to talk about, uh, uh, the, the way people dress, they say, um, yeah, blah, 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 uh, how do you, how do you, how do you translate that into English? Um, when the color combination is just missing, you know? You are wearing a pink shirt, and you are wearing a, you are wearing a red uh, pants, and you are wearing a black. You know, you are just you know your color combination is just out of whack. You know, you are just wearing winter clothes in the summer. You know, you know you are just out of it. You know, there are people who believe that only poor people can serve the Lord, but the Bible is not telling us that only poor people can serve the Lord. The point of this particular story that the Lord Jesus Christ is telling us is that if you are going to walk with the Lord, if you are going to serve Him effectively, you cannot be attached to anything. The Bible is saying that anyone who is attached to anything will find it extremely difficult to walk with the Almighty God. If you don't know how to let go of anything, if you don't know how to release the things that are in your life, you will find it very difficult to walk with the Almighty God. And if you don't know how to release yourself, if you don't know how to release your possession, you will find it extremely difficult to walk with the Lord. The rich guy wanted to serve God. He came to Jesus. The rich guy wanted to go to heaven. His heart was longing for the things of God. He wanted to be able to know how to be able to maintain his relationship with the Almighty God. But the Bible told us that he was attached to his possession. He was attached to his possession. He had a serious difficulty with releasing the things that he, that, that belongs unto him. The Lord was not saying that the man should go and become poor. The Lord was not saying that the man should become broke. The man, the Lord was simply saying that, my friend, you have a problem. And that problem is that you are attached to your worldly possession. And as long as you are attached to that worldly possession, you cannot serve me. That's what the Lord is trying to tell him. And when you look at when Jesus, when God Almighty was asking Abraham, you all remember the story of Abraham. The Bible says that he waited for a very long time before he had a son. Eventually when he had a son, the Lord woke up one day and said, I want that son to be sacrificed unto me. When the Lord was asking him, was it, does it mean that God wanted a human sacrifice? Of course not. But the Lord was asking him, you know, the Lord asked for Abraham, he asked Abraham for Isaac for a particular reason. If you look at the book of Genesis chapter 22, Genesis 22, reading from verse number 10, the Bible tells us there, and Abraham stretched forth his hand and took the knife to slay his son. But the angel of the Lord called, called to him from heaven and said, Abraham, Abraham. So, and so he, uh, so he said, here I am. And he said, do not lay your hands on the lad or do anything to him. You just asked me to sacrifice him. I'm about to sacrifice him, and you're telling me don't do it. Which tells us that God was not interested in human sacrifice. God was not interested in life of Abraham. was not interested in, the, in Abraham killing his son. But the Bible says that, for I know that, that you fear God, since you have not withheld your son, your only son, from me. In other words, the Lord is saying, this is your son, you are not so attached to it, that you are not willing to let it go. You do not hold on to this particular possession to the fact that you are willing to compromise my relationship. I can bet you if Abraham was living in 2018 and he has waited for 25 years before he got his son and God says that I need you to sacrifice this boy to me. He will say, get it behind me, you Satan. That was, that's going to be his problem. He's going to bind the, he's going to bind the, bind the daylight out of God. He's going to say, I bind you, you spirit of the devil. You, this voice that is telling me to sacrifice my son. Do you know how many years I prayed before I got this boy? And you are telling me to sacrifice him. But the Bible told us that this man released it. He released his son. 
If you look at verse number 13, the Bible says, Then Abraham lifted up his eyes and looked, and there behind him was a ram caught in the ticket by his own. So Abraham went and took the ram and offered it up for, for a burnt offering instead of his son. The Lord is not interested in the death of Isaac. The Lord was not interested in the in the, in the, in the in that particular human sacrifice. He was not interested in the possession. God is not interested in the money of that rich man. What God is interested in, in the life of Abraham was that God wanted to know whether Abraham was more interested in the gift than the giver. That's all. He just wanted to know, are you more interested in the gift that I gave you, or are you more interested in me? And many of our, many of the, many of the ladies, you begin to find that a lot of people, when they, when they are talking about the issue of getting married, many of them are interested on that part. They are only interested in that wedding dress. They are interested in the picture. They are interested in the glamour that they get. They are not interested in the marriage. And that's why you look at the way they behave. So you see, the Lord is saying, are you interested in the gift or the giver of the gifts? Are you interested in the ma- in the person you are getting married to, or you are just interested in the picture, the tiara you are going to put on your head, or the nice thing that you are going to look? You are the special thing that ever happened after sliced bread on that day. Is that what you are interested in, or you are interested in the long-standing relationship? That is what the Lord is saying. And you will notice that as soon as Abraham released Isaac in his heart, the Bible says that God Almighty saw that. And God considered that to be a sacrifice that was offered. All this young man could have done in the presence of the Almighty God was say, okay, I'll give it up. I want to go to heaven. Jesus is not saying go can become a broke. Jesus is not saying that your shoe must be a gas vein. You know, when you walk your shoe and the, the, the heel is going to one corner, you are walking and you, are, you have this uh, rickety layer. This That's not what Jesus is asking you to do. He's not saying you have to have a, a hole in your suit in order to be able to serve him. No. He's saying where is your heart? Where is your heart? That's what the Lord Jesus is saying. And the point here is that the man or the woman who will walk with God effectively is a man who is willing to surrender all to the Almighty God. Who is not going to be held back by the things that are in this particular world. Now the word surrender is always, you know, has this very negative connotation, you know, in our society. And unfortunately, even in the church, when you tell people about surrender, they don't want to hear the words. But surrendering is seen as a weakness. Surrendering is seen as a defeat. Surrendering is seen as a you know, when you say when somebody says I surrender, they see that person as being very, very weak. But that is the problem. The problem is because many of us do not understand the meaning of surrender when it comes to relationship with the Almighty God. When we truly understand what surrendering truly means, you will know that it takes a lot of strength to be able to give something up. It takes a lot of strength to be able to surrender. If somebody has pissed you off, it takes a lot of strength to forgive that person. It takes a lot of strength to see that person that is making you angry and not just whack his face anytime you see him. It takes a lot of strength. It takes a lot of strength to restrain your mouth from saying the things that you really want to say. You look at that guy and you have some choice word for that person. It takes a lot of character. It takes a lot of strength to keep your mouth shut. It takes a lot of strength for you to say something bad, for you not to say something bad about somebody when it's not there. It takes a lot of strength. It takes a lot of strength for you to do the things that you know is right when nobody's watching. It takes a lot of strength to surrender. But most people don't understand that. They see it as a sign of weakness. And unfortunately in our society we believe that we can just run our mouth and say whatever I want to say because we are, I'm free, I'm asserting myself. That is just pure foolishness. There is a time to keep quiet. There is a time to restrain yourself. 
There is a time to be able to, you know, to, to see something and keep your mouth shut. Not because you are trying to condone evil or whatever, but sometimes it takes a lot of strength to surrender yourself and to keep your, you know, to keep your mouth. But that is a story for another day. The question is, what does it mean to surrender? What does it mean to surrender? To surrender means a cessation of your rights. In other words, you are saying, I'm giving up my right to be able to do something. I'm giving up my property. I'm giving up something. I am seizing my right to claim ownership to something. That's what it means to surrender. To surrender means I'm stopping my resistance. Resistance to the Almighty God. I am willing to accept the authority of the Almighty God in my life. To, to, to surrender means I am willing to yield myself. I'm willing to bring myself under subjection to the Almighty God. As many of us are sitting there here right now, if not for this issue of this church business, if not for the fact that I'm the pastor of this church, if I come here, many of us, I mean, many of us are a uh, better position than myself than to listen, but you have brought yourself to that particular place where you say, I will subject myself under his authority, being the person that the Lord has given the responsibility to be the leader of this particular church. The point I'm making is that surrendering means yielding under authority. Saying, I recognize the authority of an individual and I'm willing to go under it. To surrender means that you are willing to relent. You are willing to back down. You are willing to stop struggling with the Almighty God. If there is somebody that you know, you are relating with someone, and that person is constantly arguing, constantly fighting you, at one point in time you are going to leave that person and say, this, this relationship is too, is too much work. You break that relationship. Or you don't put your effort into it. The same thing with the Almighty God. The Bible says in the book of Genesis, He said, My spirit shall no longer strive with man continually. In other words, I'm not going to continue to fight you. If you don't want to do it, don't do it. You don't want to serve me, don't serve me. But I'm not going to continue to fight you. I'm not going to continue to pressure you. I'm not going to continue to do, you know, to continue to push you to do the things that is good for you. That is what surrendering is all about. It means to stop challenging. It means to stop struggling. It means to stop fighting. It means to stop questioning everything that God is telling you to do. Stop it. That's what surrender is all about. And please understand, surrender doesn't mean that you abandon your, your, abandon your reason. The fact that God said you should surrender something, surrender yourself to him doesn't mean that he didn't tell you to abandon his reason. That's why he said, come unto me. Let us reason together. So uh, surrender does not mean abandonment of reason. Surrender does not mean you do not have any question. That you cannot question the things that God is saying. It doesn't mean that you do not say, God, uh, why is this thing happening to me? So surrender doesn't mean you don't ask questions. Surrender doesn't mean you are not afraid. Do you know how many times that we are afraid that when we, that we may not be able to keep this door open, does that mean that we do not continue to yield unto the Almighty God? It simply means that you are saying, Lord, even if, even if, even if I'm afraid, even if I have questions, even if I have doubt, I am still going to do what you want me to do. That's what surrender is all about. So surrender doesn't mean that you are not afraid. It doesn't mean that you don't have questions. It doesn't mean you don't have doubts. It doesn't mean that you are not unsure of what is going on. If I am sure of what is going to happen between the end of the year, I will be a rich man. All I have to do is just tell you this, this is what is going to happen. And people will pay me a lot of money to tell them that. But unfortunately, I don't have that psychic power. So surrendering does not mean that you don't have doubts. Surrendering does not mean that you are not fearful. Surrendering does not mean that you don't have questions about things. What it means is that you are giving your life back to the Almighty God. And you are saying, Lord, do whatever you want to do, even if I have questions. I am trusting you even when I'm afraid. I am trusting you even if I don't know what tomorrow holds. I am willing to relinquish the control of my life. I'm willing to reassign my life to you even if I have my doubts and I'm not sure what you are going to do or I have no idea what you are doing. There was a time when we made it where I gave a message here when I said when God does not make sense. There are times when God doesn't make sense. There are times he asks you to do things that you look and say, God, why are you asking me to do this? It doesn't make sense. But the fact that you are asking does not mean that you are not surrendered. 
It simply means that you are a human being. So surrendering doesn't mean you don't have fear. It doesn't mean, it doesn't mean you don't have doubt or fear. It simply means that you are willing to trust God in spite of your fears. And please understand what I'm talking about right now is very, very difficult. Very difficult. I'm not saying it's a walk in the park. But Jesus Christ modeled it for us. He wanted us to understand what it meant. And that's why he told us the book of John chapter 6. John chapter 6. Reading from verse number 38. The Bible says, I came down from heaven. Not to do my own will. But to do the will of him that sent me. You will notice that when Jesus Christ was even in the, in the, in the, in the garden of Gethsemane praying, the Bible told us that Jesus Christ said, Lord, I mean, can we reconsider this? Can we have another conversation? You want me to go to the cross. I know I have to go to the cross, but can we do it another way? And the Spirit of the Almighty God keeps telling, no, this is the only way. He said, not my will, but yours be done. Surrendering does not mean that you do not have your own question. In other words, Jesus lived a surrendered life. And he's saying, if you are going to walk with me, if you are going to follow me, you too must live a surrendered life. And the question is, why is it so important that you must live a surrendered life? Why is it so important that God himself, that Jesus Christ, God in the human flesh, even went through that process of surrendering? The reason is because surrendering, surrendering a, a surrendered life is the foundation of the relationship that you have with the Almighty God. Thank you very much for listening to our program today. We invite you to join us every Sunday at 10 a.m. for our Sunday worship service at 2711 Murfreesboro Road in Antioch, Tennessee. We also host Bible study and prayer meetings every Friday at 7 p.m. Visit us online at www.lifelonganointing.com and on Facebook, Twitter, and YouTube. Join us next time for another edition of Fresh Encounter. On behalf of Lifelong Anointing Church, we thank you for listening.